Alright, we are back with another episode. It's season one, episode six. Episode I'm Matt six. Johnson, and this is... Arthur Ward right over here, sitting over at Matt Johnson's side. And, yep. uh, yeah, we're recording. We are recording. Alright. Um... So, what are we going to talk about today, Matt? Today, we're talking about what's in our camera bag. Not the visual version, but the podcast audio version. We're going to go through what's in each of our camera bags, why we use it, why it's important, and we're just going to hammer through it like so. All right. Sound good? Yeah, sounds good to me. Sounds good to me. Um, yeah. I actually had to put my camera bag out on the floor because I, I usually, I'm one of those people who do not travel light. I like, if I have it. I'd rather have it than not have it, is what I'm trying to say. So, yeah. Fair enough. Well, uh, why don't you go ahead and tell everyone what kind of bag do you roll with? So, I right now use the Peak Design Everyday Backpack, the 20 liter one. That's a smaller than the 30. Mm-hmm. I probably should use the 31 for all the stuff I carry, but I use the 20 and it is in the nice light gray. It's a really good backpack. It opens up on the sides. I was just discussing with Arthur earlier that I might be switching to one that opens up in the back, like the Low Pro. Pro tactic. We'll see. This one's doing me quite well for right now, but um, I'm always down. And it with. holds everything you need? Uh, you know, I probably should switch to the 30. There are times where I'd like um, a little bit more room, but for those who aren't familiar with what the, well, let me put that phone on silent. Don't need it disrupting hmm. our podcast. Uh, for those who aren't familiar with the Peak Design Everyday Bag, um, it basically has magnets on the top so you can expand it and put quite a bit in the top so it's like a 20 liter that i think expands to a little bit more both of us just with our phones on loud laptops still turn up here oh that's how she goes um but yeah so if i really want to take stuff i can shove it in the top of course it's just not as organized as i would like it i like to carry a lot of stuff i'd love to stay organized as i do it and i just think a back opening backpack would um do that a lot better than one that opens up on the sides but we'll see I, i'm sure i'll run into other issues once i do have a back opening so back you, back. you touch on a few things there uh being able to carry a lot and staying organized that's yep. would you say that's key to um being having a having a camera bag or a bag for that matter that's able to carry your stuff yeah i definitely agree because i mean photography videography really it's a lot about being in the moment and getting stuff out as quickly as you can if you're digging for something don't know where it is or it's not where you thought it was you're probably going to miss the shot um more often times than not right so so you shouldn't carry gear around a duffel bag <laughs> he gets these to their own if it's an organized <laughs> duffel bag sure <laughs> i've seen some really organized duffel bags you know <laughs> yeah, I, I, I guess I guess you can uh, you can find anything if you look for it. That is true. Yeah. Um, what kind of bag do you use, Arthur? Well, I, I'm I just I'm low pro. Uh, I've got a lot of low pro bags. I guess I should say uh, I, I'm a low pro ambassador, so I do get uh, bags from low pro to try out and to review. And so, yeah, I have a lot of low pro bags of used low pro from the start, essentially, even before I started working with low pro, uh, I've been using their bags, uh, which makes our relationship work really well. Um, but yeah, I have a lot of bags. Um, I can contest that. If I ever need to borrow a bag, like I borrowed your, uh, was that the Whistler? No, no, it's not that it was a powder or something. Low pro powder. The yeah. low pro powder. I always just go to Arthur, hey, can I borrow this bag? I'm doing this type of activity. 
He's like, yeah, I got it. Yeah. I have multiple. I, and it's essentially what I do. I, I have a bag for uh, essentially every activity. Um, not every activity, but uh, I have a bag that's suitable for the task at hand. I've counted five just from the area I'm sitting in right now. There's probably another <laughs> one in the other room. Yeah, just from um, what I can view, there's five. Plus, like, another five mini cases that are also low pro. Yeah, and I, I guess you could break them down into four categories, how I look at bags. Did you break the chair? I, I may have, and I'm sorry if I did. I was just leaning back. <laughs> I don't the know. catcher's mitt did not catch me. I, I think well, it's sort of busted already. What can I say? I'm out of shape. Too heavy. <laughs> Too much pizza. Too much pizza. Um, so there are a couple of categories I look at bags. You have the bags that are the everyday backpack. Um, and what I classify as an everyday backpack is a bag that allows me to carry my laptop and a couple hard drives, cables, accessories, dongles, that sort of thing. Um, so I can just pull up at a coffee shop or somewhere and just go to work on editing or emailing invoices, that sort of thing. That's an everyday backpack. Uh, what would make an everyday backpack even nicer if it, there was a little room in there to hold, a, you know, a camera, uh, like a, a mirrorless camera or DSLR. Uh, there are bags now that give you that option, uh, and those are really nice because something may happen in the spur of the moment. It'll be nice just to capture that. Uh, so uh, everyday backpacks. That's what I look for. Uh, then there are the the city bags, and what I look for in a city bag is essentially, you know, I am out doing small assignments in and around the city. And the first thing I look for, it has to be discreet. I, you know, I don't want bright colors. I don't want the bag to draw a lot of attention to itself. Because there's thousands of dollars worth of equipment in there. You don't want someone coming and sniping it. Yeah, yeah. You're, you're, in, you're in an urban area. There's a lot of people around. There's a lot of people with eyes. And, you know, you don't want to attract the, the you know, the bad eyes, right? So uh, a bag that's discreet, a bag that's secure. Uh, the protect that you just mentioned, uh, it opens uh, from the back, which is the part that's on your your physical back. Uh, it also opens from the top and the sides as well, but it doesn't open from the the front, which is nice because you don't want to be you know on the bus or standing in a line somewhere and somebody's just opening the back of the bag with, you know, the front of the bag, sorry, without your knowledge. Uh, so there's, yeah, I call them city bags. They're discreet and they're secure. And then you have the uh, the adventure bags, the trail bags, the, the bags that you'll take out into the backcountry, the bags that are meant to to, to get dirty. And that's the thing. Uh, Lopro's got some really good bags like the, uh, the Powder Series and the Whistler Series that... You know, when they get dirty, they you just take a you know a damp cloth and you can just wipe them off and get the dirt off of there. Uh, they have a rip stop material in the fabric so that if they snag on a branch or something, it, it won't rip across the bag and destroy the whole thing. And uh, the third thing about these bags is that they hold a lot. Uh, they you can pack a lot into them. Um, and that's nice when you're out in the backcountry because you want to take as much as you can with you. Extra batteries, extra cameras, uh, you know, extra lenses and, and what's not. So those are the bags that I use. So, yeah, as to what's in my camera bag, that's that's a very that's a that's a loaded question for me. 
Um, you really know a lot about bags. Do you work at a camera store or something? That yeah. product knowledge is just <laughs> through the well, roof. Well, I may, I may have, I may have, or maybe still do work at a camera store. Um, but uh, yeah, the ideal bag I think will be the day pack, where you can carry your laptop. You're able to edit anywhere, and I do have a day pack. And in my day pack, I have my laptop. I have my Wacom tablet. Uh, because my day pack's usually the bag that I'm editing editing with. Um, I also have a spot in my bag now that it's the spring moving into the summer. I keep my rain shell uh, in my bag with me uh, all the time because I walk and I bike a lot. Uh, so that's always in my bag. And I also keep my, my hard drives, uh, my SSDs, my dongles for my, my, my MacBook in there as well. And uh, headphones. Uh, when I'm editing, I like to not disturb the person next to me, so I've got headphones on me as well. And um, because I bike a lot, I also have my bike lock that I strap to my bag. So that's what a, a that's usually what's in my bag. Eighty percent of the time. That's, that's quite a bit of stuff. Well, I guess that's not too bad. You know, we should talk about two different setups. Like, I guess I have one setup for editing where I'm going out to the coffee shop, that kind of thing. And I got my setup that I'm going out shooting. So those, I guess, are two very, very different setups for me. So should we just go through what's in each one? That sort of thing. You kind of touched on a little bit of both, but... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's yeah. do that. Um, I know you're saying you, you carry a lot of gear, but do you use... Yeah, yeah. How much of that gear do you actually use? No, not not always lots of it. I always just like to have the option because I, especially with lenses, I I take quite a bit of my lenses with me. Mm-hmm. Um, so just for example, when I'm going out shooting, since I do a lot of stuff at Buffalo Pound now, that you know if there's something that was unexpected where, um, you know, an animal is like halfway across the lake or bird or something, I like to have um, my 55 to 200 on me, just in case. You know, I I want to get that extra zoom in there mm-hmm. to get a good shot of it. Um, usually the lens I have on my camera though is actually the kit lens. So I shoot with Fuji. Um, I usually keep both bodies on me just because, you know, one I use for video. I always like to get shots now of myself holding a camera just to get a little bit of, um, context with who I am. And, um, yeah, I just, I like props as well. And I think camera, holding a camera in one hand, it's a very expensive prop, but then Mm. also you can like, you know, set up video, record yourself and then be shooting video and be shooting photos with the other one. So I usually have two bodies with me, my X-T3 and my X-T2. And then I keep the kit lens on the um, X-T2 usually, or depending which ones I'm doing video with, which is usually the X-T3. Um, I'll keep it whatever on that one. So, uh, And then usually I'll have my uh, 35, that's a 1.4 um, aperture. And then um, I also keep my most expensive lens I have in my bag if I ever want those really really wide shots which is my 8 to 16 i really like that lens it takes some very beautiful photos yeah it's just you know you can get some pretty awesome landscape beach shots all that wonderful stuff so, so. you have three lens four lenses okay so i got the 35 yeah um then i got the 16 or the 18 to 55 Mm-hmm. which is the one I usually use for video. I got my 55 to 200, which I use for my zoom. Mm-hmm. Then I got my 8 to 16 millimeter, which I use for my very wide angle lens. And then the one I just keep in there more so because I like um, really the, I don't, honestly, I probably use the least now. It's my 90 millimeter with the F2, which I can usually 
you know, replace that with the um, 55 to 200. You zoom out, you get that nice crushed background instead of using the the lower um, f-stop to yeah. blur that background. So, you know, that one, I, I'm actually at the point where I can probably take that out and just use it as more of a um, studio lens sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that actually might be one thing I'm going to remove. I, I haven't used it probably within the last, oh, geez, three months probably. So that might be one I can remove from the bag. I always end up just throwing it in there because I do like using it when I have it on the camera. I just find... The 90? Yeah, the 90. I just find, like, you know, you put one on there, the 55 to 200 is usually what I end up throwing on because I see them a bit further. And just what I've been shooting recently, that's that's been doing the trick. So, you know. Um, what have you been shooting recently? Um, so I took a new job out at Buffalo Pound where there's a new resort being developed, yeah. which is Glamping Resorts. Okay. So um, a lot of people say I've been shooting a lot of construction <laughs> recently because there aren't construction there, but it's a lot of nature. Um, I've been trying to do my best to shoot animals. I was actually home last Easter and I was, I posted that photo today of that bird. It was like a prairie chicken or some type of bush chicken, chicken anyways. So I've been uh, shooting that. Um, I just got a new light. So I've been doing quite a, quite a few headshots with the dogs, with myself, with uh, the girlfriend, Becky, um, on my feed, my matte black photos, you're going to be seeing a lot more of landscapes and then a lot more headshots yeah things like that because those are the two things that i've gravitated towards that i actually like i know i've made a lot of money or made most of my money in photography from real estate but um you know you you got to post what you enjoy shooting for you it's sports for me it's honestly those landscapes and those headshots so yeah yeah well well, um i could talk a little bit about the lenses that i have i have an 85, a Sigma 85 1.4 art series. I ha- also have a Sigma 20 millimeter 1.4 art series again. And I have a Nikon 50 mil 1.4, which is probably the smallest lens that I have and the lightest. And I also have a specialty lens. I have a Nikon 60 millimeter macro lens. And you really like the prime lenses. You're not much of a zoom guy, hey? Yeah, no. I I've moved away from zoom, and but I mean the 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 last lens that I have is the Nikon seventy to two hundred, uh, two eight, uh, version two, and that's that's the uh, only zoom lens that I have. And yeah, I've I've, I guess I know I've made it work. I've made it work in terms of. Using the 20 mil and the 85, if I have a shoot, those are the two lenses that are guaranteed in my bag. If I have, you know, a a portrait session on location or, you know, a, a lifestyle shoot, for just creating content for a brand or something like that. Those are my two go-to lenses. And those lenses give me the coverage I need because... Um, the, the bodies that I pair them up with, uh, one's a full frame and one's a crop sensor. So... Yeah, where I use both crop sensors, so... Yeah, so you're getting the same focal lengths no matter if you, you, you switch bodies or not. Whereas if I have the 20 on my full frame, if it's a little too wide for me, I switch that over to my crop sensor and I get, you know, what was... Uh, started out as a 20 millimeter it's now on the crop sensor it's it's about you know 35 millimeters 
Uh, and the same thing with the 85. If it's too, uh, if it's still not tight enough for me on the full frame, you know, I put it on my crop sensor body and I get a little bit tighter, which will be like more like 105 and vice versa. So I switch those, I rotate, rotate those lenses around and I'm pretty comfortable shooting with primes knowing that I have, you know, if I'm too far out, I'll just move with my feet. Um, the 70 to 200, I use that a lot when I'm shooting action. And that's because, you know, I can only get as far as the sideline. You know, I can't get any closer than that. And so if I'm shooting soccer, if I'm shooting football, the 70 to 200 on my crop sensor body, you know, gives me uh, the, the zoom and the reach that I need. Hmm. Is and it a one point? It's a 1.5 crop. 1.5 crop? No. So, yeah, you multiply that by 1.5 and like 200, I guess, would be like a 300. Yep. Um, so... Yeah, I I've, I've I know now what I shoot a lot of, and I've narrowed down my my lens selection. Uh, the Sigma lenses are pretty big. The eighty five is pretty big. The twenty is pretty big. So, which is usually why I'm just carrying those two lenses. Uh, they're big and they're heavy. And as a backup lens, I usually have the fifty millimeter in there somewhere because it's small enough to hold it. Um, and then on my two bodies, I'm usually shooting the D800, which is a full frame. And then I am shooting the D500, which is a crop sensor body. And yeah, they that those two bodies and those three lenses usually fit in most combinations um, in terms of the bags that I use, whether it's the, the city backpack or the, the, the backpack that I'm taking out on a trail. Uh, my everyday backpack, I can probably, and I have done this, I've fit my Nikon D500 and my 50mm lens in my uh, my day backpack, which is the low pro viewpoint. Um, and it's a really small bag, it just holds my, lap, my laptop and my hard drives, but I've fit my DSLR in there. But... Um, yeah, the, for gear, that's what I'm carrying, and uh, usually anything else that's specific to the shoot. So if I need lights, I, I take those separately in their own carrying case. And if I need a light stand, uh, I have uh, some small Manfrotto light stands that can strap nicely to the back of my backpack if needed. Um, and I do the same thing with my tripod as well. So, uh, yeah, it's, I guess to, to, to sum it up, I'm, I'm very limited in terms of the gear that I'm, in terms of the gear that I'm taking with me to a shoot. Uh, nowadays I try to take just the gear that I need as opposed to taking too much gear because too much gear I find slows me down. Once I get to the shoot, there's a lot of stuff to unpack, to take out, to, to, and a lot of more stuff to go through to find the actual stuff that I need as opposed to just opening a bag and just grabbing exactly what I need because it's right there in front of me. Yeah. Yeah, I should probably get a little bit better than that. I should cut down my lens selection a little bit, but um, I don't know. I got, I got a little bit of gas right now, the gear acquisition syndrome where you just keep buying more and more gear. I don't know. 
<laughs> well, yeah, no, you'll you'll it's a it's a normal process. You'll go through gear. You'll you'll cycle through equipment until you you put your finger down and exactly you know. This is what I shoot, and this is how I shoot, and this is what I need to shoot. I mean, my first recent one of that was realizing. So my first thirty-five I bought, um, it was the F two version. Which the reason I bought it for the Fuji is the F two version. It's a weather sealed, mm-hmm. and I was doing a lot of outdoor stuff. But then um, I recently bought that XT three, and with it there was a used one point four thirty-five millimeter. So I just said, you know what, I'm gonna buy the one point four give it a go it's at such a good price so i bought it and now i don't even use my f2 anymore i'm gonna be putting that up for sale so if anybody's listening to this who owns fuji and wants to buy a 35 f2 for a pretty decent price hit your boy up because i'll sell it to you but yeah that was my you know you go through gear you see what you like what you don't like and i guess that's part of growing as you know photographer videographer right yeah 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 that's true it's true yeah should we talk about some accessories you carry in your bag so my accessories are like, I have those figured out, things I like for accessories. So What are they? Well, number one, this knife right here, it's small. I bought off Amazon for like 15 bucks. It's a little Gerber pocket knife. Yeah. And I went for so long without even having one. I'd use my keys to like open rolls on set, cut tape, even like use it as like a makeshift screwdriver. Just get one of these knives. You use it more. I use it every day. And that's not an exaggeration. It's always in my camera bag or it's always hanging off my pocket. And I've heard so many photographers say that. So yes, it is worth it to get a little pocket knife, especially for like 15 bucks. You have one as well, right? Well, I have a multi-tool. Yep. So it, it's a pocket pocket knife. It's the, There's a pliers. It unfolds to be a pliers. There's a little screwdriver, a little scissors built in. And the multi-tools are nice because you have multiple tools. It's just a little bit heavier uh, and bigger. So um, I, it came with like a little belt strap that I used to wear it on my on my belt uh lots but now i don't wear belts because the pants that i have just don't have belts so um that's that you got the stretchy pants yeah these yeah. actually get good like the, so i got these lululemon abcs which uh, stands for anti-ball crushing uh, yeah. which are the greatest pants out there um especially the jogger version of them those are great yeah yeah, yeah. you've got the uh you've got the slim version which is like the the working version and then you've got the the ones for jogging which uh i i like because they allow me to move around freely when i shoot and if you've been on set with me i'm you know i'm moving a lot i'm moving um i'm lunging i'm crouching i'm trying to get the angles that are needed for the shot so um yeah these pants are great and i guess that's this is an essential part of my kit although it's not in my bag but you know, showing up to shoot with these pants on allow me to work at the the highest level that I can. So, uh, yeah, definitely your 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 attire and your 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 wardrobe goes you know a long way. Like if I'm if I know I'm gonna be on my feet for a, a whole day shooting, I'm gonna make sure I have some comfortable shoes on. You know, I'll probably be in some 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 runners uh, that have really good sole support. And one thing that I like to do a lot is uh, wear compression socks. This is just a little thing that I picked up from track and field. But if we had a long road trip ahead, I will uh, put compression socks on uh, for the road trip. And I do the same thing if I'm uh, shooting a whole day, a full day, and I'm going to be on my feet a lot. I put compression socks on because I think it just helps... 
it helps my body from getting you know really tired really you know really fast like and honestly it, it, is, it is an injury thing anytime i travel i haven't been doing it lately i really should do more but anytime you travel especially flying compression socks anytime you're doing like yeah like you said you're on your feet jumping all over the place like yeah. that's yeah great tool to have get a pair of compression socks yeah it's it's nice if you don't know what they are uh cep uh that's the brand they make really good compression socks they're you know they're really they're pain in the ass on these honestly to get on but what i figured out if you just you just got to roll them in half and put half your foot in and then pull the, the rest of the sock over your ankle and you'll you know, you're good. You know, a brand of compression socks I was actually um, really pleasantly surprised with is actually the running room branded ones. Oh, okay. Yeah, they're like really good price and they're actually pretty dang good quality. So, uh, huh. running room. Yeah. yeah. Is that just in Canada or is that? Uh, there's America? a few stores in the states. I haven't. I used to work for them back in the day. Just for everyone who's listening to this, um, I know they're sh- they've closed a few stores down. I still think they have a few in the states. Yeah. But um, yeah, they have their own brand. It's like RRX or Running Room branded, whatever it is. I know the Running Room socks are RRX. Mm. That's what they're called. But yeah, they're actually pretty damn good quality. So, mm. and they're like half the price. I think you can spend up to like what? It's like ninety bucks for the CEPs. Those last forever though. But the Running Room ones, I think, are like. 30 or 50 bucks so they're like yeah half the price. i mean you know as far as socks go they aren't cheap but no. uh they do a really good job in making you feel less sore at the end of the day yeah and if you want them to last because it's so expensive wash them but don't dry them hang them to dry gotcha. yeah because i mean you'll ruin the elasticity in them yeah yeah. So, yeah yeah so as far as accessories goes you know socks and pants i mean they count they count you know as far as i think they count towards that uh, what else I got in my bag the, for accessories? Let's talk about these red cables. I always have those with me. Do they uh, actually have a name? They're like cable management cables? These are uh, Red Whips by red Tink whips. Tank. Uh, and they're mm-hmm. literally just, as the name says, Red Whips with this little, uh, you squeeze it to adjust the uh, the knob on there. Uh, they just have like a little quick, quick like a quick tie thing. I don't know uh-huh. what you call it. but It's anything from cable management to like like keeping stuff together to like you know hold stuff up in a pinch to like well i'm even holding up i'm using them on my mic stand right now it's yeah. just you can use them for so much that yeah they're just great yeah you i've used them for a lot of different things i used to keep them on a carabiner and clip to my belt when um when i wore pants with uh belts but um yeah i've used them for hair ties you can use them for for uh just like to wrap cables up to clip things to your bags which i use a lot uh, i've used them to to tie things down uh i've used it to to like to for bra straps on like on 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 shoots and stuff when you need to like uh to hide like bra straps on the like you know the straps of the clothing stuff you have them put this in the back and cinch the the, the straps closer together uh to to keep like pull the waist in on dresses and stuff like that like so many different things you can you would use these uh, little red whips for and they're a little bit elastic which is nice uh so i like to think of them as reusable zip ties you can tie something up and then take it off when you're done and reuse it mm-hmm. yeah right. so that's uh yeah I've, i i buy them in bulk um so they're pretty much all around the room right now on 
Yeah, I think they come things. in like packs of 20 or something. So Yeah, I think uh, packs of 12 or something like that. Mm. Not much. But it's it's not expensive. It's like $15 for a pack and you just buy a whole bunch of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah they, they rock. And then, um, yeah, I, I also keep extra batteries in my bag. That kind of goes as a given. Mm-hmm. I shoot mirrorless. That's what the XC2 and XC3 are. So they go through batteries quite quickly. Um, I mean, all together. So each camera right now, I have the... Um, battery grip so there's three batteries in each camera plus they just keep another two in the bag just to swap out so i i find that's actually all i need mm-hmm. i probably don't even need those two extra batteries i've never ran a battery since i've had those battery grips um yeah so that's been awesome and then also um i keep a lens cleaning kit in there um i have the i have the ability to do that on the fly since i have the mirrorless camera um, Arthur, I know it's a little bit more complicated with the DSLRs. Yeah, with so. the DSLRs, it's it's not that easy to clean the sensor. So, I, I mean, I have sometimes I try to keep the little lens blower in my uh, in my kit. That's yeah. the next thing I keep in mind. But like I said before, you know, I try to reduce the the weight in my kit. Um, one of the things that I do actually, so because I have a lot of bags, I I you the only bag that's usually always packed and ready to go at, at a moment's notice is my day pack. My laptop, I keep it in there, my Wacom tablet, my my drives, they're all in there. All the other backs uh backpacks that I have, I actually unpack my gear and uh once I get home and I just put them back in the storage. So I wake up every day and if I have a shoot, I pack my bag accordingly. And that way I find I just pack the essentials because I know what I'm going out to shoot and I don't have uh, unnecessary gear because um, that way I find it just I'm just a lot speedier on set and then I don't lose things because there was something in my bag that was there for a long time and it may have fallen out or rolled out and then didn't know it was missing until two weeks later when I'm trying to find that. So um yeah, I keep everything unpacked and try to keep everything organized and storage at home. And then the night before the shoot or the morning of the shoot, I will get the bag packed uh, with the stuff that I need. And uh, yeah, sometimes I take like the rocket blower uh, and, and other times, uh, you know, I, I, I won't. Um, mostly like... Yeah, I'm trying to think of a time, a specific time I'll take the rocket blower, but sometimes it's just like, you know what? Uh, actually, it's more like if I'm in the studio, I'll probably take it if I'm shooting in the studio because that most likely means I'm shooting at a, a high aperture like F11, F8 or somewhere in there, and that's usually when dust shows up on my sensor. So I will take one of those to the studio just to keep it handy, and usually when I'm in the studio, I'll take a little bit more gear than if I'm just out in the field. So I'll probably take the rocket blower with me then. But uh, uh, another another accessory that I take with me as well is if I'm in a studio, I'm shooting tethered. So I have my, my tether cable as well. And I take my laptop because I shoot directly to my laptop. And um, SD yeah. cards is the last one. SD cards, yeah, I've got a little pouch. Uh, Loper actually sent me like this little, uh, it looks like a smaller bookcase, but in there I have a lot of slots where I can keep my SD cards as well as my XQD cards. Um, They fit nicely into that little pouch. And uh, that's working well for me because 
uh, especially for the SD cards, I had an issue. There are these popular wraps, and I know uh, Tink Tank makes them and some other brands make them where they sort of, uh, it's three halves and they fold up. They kind of wrap together, but if you unwrap it, there's slots to put the SD cards in. And I, I used that for quite a while. And it was great because it had a little clip on the end, so I could clip it to like my belt. Oh, it's like one of one of these sort of deal. Yeah, there's yeah, like yeah. Velcro on the backside yeah, yeah, of it. Yeah, you roll yeah, it yeah, up. Gotcha. Um, yeah, and I would always keep that in my pocket. But not that it was a bad design. It's just one of the issues I'm finding with the SD cards now is that if you keep them warm for very long, they uh, they disintegrate pretty fast. Like that, the SD cards, I've had SD cards that just fall apart, which break apart my hands before. And it's uh, it's bad because uh, once they start breaking and chipping, like they get inside the SD card slot in the camera, damages that. And, you know, I've, I've had issues with that before. And then the SD cards falling apart, you don't want that to happen because if it can corrupt the what's on the card as well. So... Um, since then, I've moved to storing my SD cards in this case and keep them in the bag, which is a little bit cooler in temperature, as opposed to just keeping it in my pocket. Because like I said, I'm biking, I'm walking, um, you know, and in the summer, my pocket gets really hot. And I think that was really affecting the cards in a bad way. Yeah. Jeez, I haven't run into that issue yet, fortunately. I usually just keep them in like the, the plastic packaging they come in. They have that little open book thing. And then there's a nice spot in my backpack for SD cards. Mm. That I've usually, there's like a spot for six of them, or three of them. And I usually double up and have six. Oh, okay. I can keep in there. So, um, yeah, that's pretty effective. Yeah, SD cards, I find, they get lost pretty easily. Uh, so it's, it's nice having, like, a lot of storage for them in a central place so you can find them. Uh, this is a little book. Uh, case um, that I store my SD cards into it has it's so you open it and there's two halves there's an orange side and then there's a gray side and it's nice because if you're on a shoot and you have a full memory card but you don't have time to dump it yet uh, I like to put it on an orange side and for me orange is like don't, don't touch yeah don't touch don't format um, and then on the gray side are cards that I can format once I put them in the camera. So having that little color coordination helps with the managing the SD cards as well, which is a nice little touch for an accessory like that. Hmm. Yeah. Um, I also keep a um, strap for my camera. And the one thing I love, so Peak Design uh, makes those, they're called, um, what do you call the anchor locks? Or basically the, it, it makes it easy so you can take the, um, strap on and off your camera very very easy look them up i think they're called anchor locks peak design anchor locks those are the little red little things that you have on this side of the camera yes oh okay so they basically they're they're just a little circle and then the end of the strap just like clicks into them so you can click them in and out easy so it's basically easy removal for your camera yeah um, i like it because i mean sometimes i have two cameras out i hold one in the hand i let one dangle for my neck sort of thing so um yeah it's nice to be taking the strap on and off whenever you want yeah it, it's nice that low that that peak design system works really nice uh, uh yeah you give me one of those and I, I use a lot for video and it's nice to just be able to clip into a strap and click out yeah with the thickest strap ever <laughs> yeah yeah it's a nice solid strap yeah. that gives you good support the only thing that 
the only thing about them is if you're not using a strap, then they're just hanging off of the, the camera, which can, uh, if you're recording sound while recording video, it can it be a little bit noisy, but... Mm-hmm. Uh, they click around a bit. Oh, yeah, sound. I also keep my, uh, my uh, Rode... It's called the Video Go Mic. It's not the Pro version. It's just a little. It's like the red one. The Micro. Yeah, it's yeah. called. It's called the Go, isn't it? Video uh, Mic Go, I believe, is what it was called. Anyways, yeah. it's like yeah, the, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I also keep that in my bag at all times. So, which is funny because it's not in there at so not all times. Not in my bag <laughs> today. It's uh, it's on my desk at home. But yeah. Well, <laughs> it's usually in my bag. Yeah. Well, you you didn't leave the house to 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 go shoot today and you came to, to do the podcast so I that did. makes sense um, yeah so uh, that's what we got in the backpacks really yeah um, I didn't talk about my editing setup like um, oh, well please do yeah so when I'm going editing I mean I always take a camera with me I usually take that 35 1.4 and then um, the um, 18 to 55 I usually will always keep those those are always the two lenses that are in my bag um, and then I take my laptop. I use a Dell XPS 15. I just recently switched from Mac to Dell. A lot of people don't know how they feel about that. I don't know how I feel about that. It has its quirks. You're still figuring it out. I am. You know what? I, I've definitely grown a lot more. I think intimate would be the right word with my computer. I'm definitely doing a lot more on it, and it has its little quirks. It's definitely very powerful. As like, so we got like 32 gigs of RAM. We got a terabyte solid state drive. Um, we got a kick-ass graphics card. It's it's a beast of a computer. It's just, you know, after you've done Apple for so long, Apple's like, I call it, it's honestly, it's kind of like, it's it's hard to mess up. You can know nothing about computers and run an Apple just fine. Whereas, you know, Windows, there's a lot more things going on. For example, um, the graphics card, the, um, I guess not version, but the um, driver for it or whatever, it was originally installed as um, the gamer gaming driver. Mm-hmm. And it, something was just weird in um, After Effects and Premiere that wasn't working right. So I had to switch that driver over. Hmm. Yeah, so it's like, I mean, on Apple, you you wouldn't ever have to do that or worry about it, right? So. That's the good and bad thing about Apple is the, the good thing is like, you know, Things are seamless, and you, you don't have to worry about a lot of settings. But then the bad thing is when you really want to get to that advanced level and take control of the machine, it, it still it tries to just dumb it down for you and hides a lot of those controls, right? So yep. if you don't know much about the computer, it's nice. But if you want to get to take control of the computer and, and harness the full power, Apple hides, try to hide all of that behind, like, you know, just this wall of simplicity which can be frustrating at times yeah but i mean it can also just be as frustrating for example um for what we use for podcasts we use this old it's called an edderall 24-bit 96kz kilohertz anyways it's an older interface that plugs in for our mics and everything and the driver just didn't want to install in the new windows 10 so i had to like go in the back end of the computer put in test mode open the is it ms dos prompt or well, go on the, a command line yeah open as administrator type in these lines of code and i was like i have no idea what i'm doing i'm just following this google for or this form here and hoping they don't steer me in the right direction but uh it all worked magically and here we are today and uh, you know we're doing the podcast and this thing's installed so yeah, yeah yeah that was cool i've never ever done that before so that was a new experience um like i said more intimate with my computer they also like to go to sleep more like if you know, with an apple you can just close it you never shut it down whereas um, the Microsoft systems, 
Dell everything, um, I like to shut it down at the end of the day mm-hmm. and not put it to sleep because it, it wakes up groggy and it doesn't want to function properly. So you shut it right down and then open it back up. There's a lot more people switching from Macs to Windows-based machines as of late. You know, and honestly, we, the main reason I switched and probably one of like, I would have loved to do um, the MacBook Pro. It was just like double the price of the XPS PS yeah. 15. And, you know, this had better guts. Mm-hmm. really when I like looked at it and you know it had a better screen as a 4k screen that's a hundred percent Adobe RGB color accurate which is awesome I love this screen and um, yeah I, ha- I really haven't ran into any major issues with it yet um, just besides the learning curve from switching to Windows from Mac to Windows um, but yeah so I hit it with that is my long <laughs> spiel of saying that um, I don't use so you use the Wacom wireless Intuos I, Pro small yeah I yeah. just use the. I think mine's just called the Intuos it's like a little tiny thing it doesn't have all the buttons it has a pen but anyways I can get accurate enough with that and then I also just like to have my mouse with me I bought this mm. uh, you're nice, not a trackpad guy yeah, not really no mm. I, I, I like having the mouse I like using both it's yeah. just it's just my workflow where I've set up. I yeah, I may I think that's a funky way. I don't think a lot of I think a lot of people either use the mouse or the trackpad. I like using both. I don't know what it is. It may be because I have the lower end version of that Wacom tablet. Yeah. Um but yeah, those are the two items I use. Do you for use it lots? My tablet? Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. I always play, okay. especially whenever whenever I'm doing anything in Photoshop or Lightroom. Yeah. I'm always using that. Now so, does your laptop and your tablet fit in your backpack? Yeah. So the nice thing about the backpack is there's actually two sections right when you open up the laptop section. There's one the big area to put the laptop in and then the nice small area that actually just perfectly fit that little tablet. Okay. So that's great. Um, so yeah, I use those two for editing. And then I also keep my I usually just travel with this uh, tiny five hundred gigabyte g drive that you introduced me to which i love uh the official name for it is it's called like the it is let me tell you what it's called it's the g drive mobile ssd r series yeah, it kicks ass and it's by g technology and they have three different sizes they have a 500 gigabyte they have a one terabyte and a two terabyte oh. model and uh yeah they are they're pretty fast because uh the uh the write speed on these uh drives are 560 megabytes per second fast uh which is pretty fast so a, a normal an average sd card would uh would would read at like say 90 megabytes per second so if it's coming off the card at 90 megabytes per second then you know it's the the drive that it's going onto is a lot faster than that, which means that the bottleneck that you have would be limited by the speed of your card. So if your card can get faster, then you can have a better experience. So mm-hmm. the cards that I use uh, with my Nikon cameras are XQD cards, which have a read speed about 400 megabytes a second. So they get off the card super fast. And then they get onto the hard drive just as fast because the hard drive is just a little bit faster. So there's really not much of a bottleneck. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I've had bottlenecks before where, you know, I'm trying to get the photos off the card, but they're going to a slower drive. You know, so if the card's faster than your drive, then you're going to have some issues. So, 
Uh, and it's also great. I mean, I you back up to this for tethering. It's fast. There's not really there's not any yeah. wait time when you're when you're tether shooting to your computer. It just backs to that card right away. So um, yeah. Do you have SSDs in your laptop? Uh, like a slot. Yep. No, no. Like, is it is it uh, is it a hard disk drive or a solid? Yeah, state it's drive? a solid state. Solid state. Yeah, drive one terabyte here. solid state. Yeah. So a lot of a lot of computers now have solid state drives in them, which uh, it's nice if you can have an external solid state drive to to keep all your stuff on, which is um, which I guess I should say the importance of having a solid state drive. A, the speed, and B, the security. Um, they're a little bit more rugged. There are no moving parts in there, so they're less likely to become corrupted. Uh, and with the technology now, they're just smaller and they take up less space, which means you can hold uh, more of them in your backpack. You know, So if you were only able to hold one hard drive in the past, now with these solid-state drives being smaller and the capacity being bigger, you could probably hold two or three. Yep. I mean, just moving back to these tiny little G drive, uh, 500 gigs. Like, so first off, I mean, they're pretty damn expensive. For 500 gigs, you're looking at 170 to 200 somewhere in there, depending on where you buy from. Just under 200. Yeah, just under 200 bucks for it. Yeah. But it'll increase your. So I use my 500 gig for my basically working drive. Any current projects I keep on there, so I I can access kind of on the go. Is usually what I do with that, and then I back them up to you know my one terabyte, four terabyte, whatever drives is what I'm using for my other backups once I'm done working on them. Um, but yeah, it's small, it's easy to carry around and it's, it's rugged. It's great. So, and fast. Yeah. The speed is the, the big thing with, with these drives, mm -hmm. speed and, and convenience. Um, yeah. Is there oh. anything else? Oh yeah. I, I keep these headphones with me when I'm going editing. I mean, you need headphones to edit. They fold down. They're just a Marshall. I think I got them for like 20 bucks. Yeah. They're having they switched these to the um, wireless version of the Bluetooth ones, so I got these for like twenty bucks. As Staples was having a blowout, they're good. I don't mind them at all. They fold down nice and small, and I don't mind having a cable right to them. Less batteries to worry about. Yeah, I've I've, I've gotten I've went through a lot of headphones uh, until I found the right ones. Um, the well, I started with the the I had some Skull Candy ones that were nice and they were great. Uh, and I used those all throughout university. Uh, I wasn't really uh, doing much traveling for shoots and stuff. And uh, and then I got um, one similar to yours. I got it's by a company called Urban Ears, and the Platon, I think I think it's called. But the good thing about these headphones is that they have a input on both sides yeah so, same with these guys too yeah which is, nice. which is which is nice because then you can daisy chain uh your headphones so uh what i mean by that let's say you're on an airline you're on a plane and you're you're watching uh, you know, a movie you can uh have the person next to you plug into the other side of your headphones and then you both can listen to the same thing which is which is nice it's kind of cool and yeah it folded down pretty small but then uh I was having issues. I was having two issues. They weren't comfortable for long. For when you were wearing them for a long time, they just weren't that comfortable. Uh, you'll be doing like a two or three hour edit on on a video, and then by the end, your ears are just sore and tender to the touch. So um, I had a pair of Sennheisers that are like that. The sound quality on those are those like brown on top, cream on the sides. I don't know if you've seen those at all. They're really nice headphones. Sound quality is great. Yeah, but. 
man, do my ears hurt. Anything longer than half hour that I'm wearing them for, can't do it. Yeah. Ears just ache. Yeah, I guess with headphones, you've got you've to gotta get something that's comfortable if you're going to be using them for a while. So I ended up getting the, the, uh, the Bose, uh, what, are the, what are these, the, the QC35s, I think. Uh, and they're the uh, they're, they're noise canceling, but the really why I got them is uh, because they're they're wireless. Uh, I wanted to move to something wireless because uh, at the time I just look at myself at the coffee shop. I'm I've got a whole bunch of cables all over the place, and I just wanted to clean that up a little bit. You know, I've got cables from my hard drives, uh, cables from my power for the laptop i've got dongles and then i thought you know i can eliminate the cable to the headphones which uh can help tidy the situation up and uh yeah and i i I just went ahead and said you know i'm gonna make an investment in some headphones because uh the two that i had before i had for for very long and yeah the the noise canceling is a it's it's a nice touch um it helps to just kind of focus in on what you're editing in a noisy environment but uh then again the noise in that environment really doesn't bother me that much but um the uh those little g drives as well they come with just a really short USB-C cable which helps tidy things up as well so uh yeah between eliminating the cord between my headphones and having a really short i guess it was it's a like three inch cable not even like two and a half maybe two and a half inches yeah, yeah. it's really short um and at first i was like whoa what, how can i use this but uh it just keeps everything uncluttered which i find is really nice hmm. well, that's honestly all i ever keep in my camera bag i don't really have anything else yeah it's uh i guess you know what you keep in your camera bag is you know uh, a, a good reflection of the what you shoot and your workflow. Yeah. Oh, actually, I did miss something. I've added something recently to my camera bag for the employer, that new drone. Um. So. And this all fits in your one bag. No. I okay. So that's kind of a different. Oh. Okay. Flow. Okay. I usually, I usually, what I'll do, I'll take out one of my camera bodies and I'll go with my fifty-five to two hundred. And then I'll take that 35 f1.4 and the 18 to 55, and that'll be kind of like the bottom of my bag. Yeah. And then the top of it is the drone with the controller. And then also there's the extra battery that I, there's like a little slot in the front. So then I kind of got, I guess my aerial, I don't know what you want to call it, my aerial setup. Your aerial arsenal. My aerial arsenal. But yeah. <laughs> I was actually surprised. You know, I heard a lot of people really beaking those. So it's a Spark, the DJI Spark. And they're not that, like, how much are those drones? I didn't buy it. It was the employer who bought it. Uh, I, I don't know. They're like, less than 500 Yeah, but, say. you know, they're, it, I was actually surprised with the quality of them. Mm-hmm. Like, they're decently quick. I think they go about 50K an hour um, in sports mode. When you're in sports mode, the battery lasts, like, maybe all of, like, 10, 12 minutes. Oh, okay. Which sucks. But, I mean, in your normal mode, you're up to, like, 25 minutes. Yeah. Um. And then, yeah, the video quality is just fine. I was surprised. I thought it was going to suck. Uh, just because it is a lighter drone, if there is, uh, you know, higher winds. So what are you using it for? Um, so so at uh, Glamping Resorts, the main thing I was using it for is, like, you know, the views of the lake, the views of the lots, things like that. Um, and then I also sometimes use it for um, 
my the real estate photography that I do, just is, to kind of get a little bit. Well, of a I'm view. trying to get it. Is it more, or are you using it more for photos, or are you using it more for video? Oh, more for video. Okay. Yeah, okay. mostly for video. I mean, really both. You know, I'll, I'll as time goes on, I'm just going to use it for video probably, but for the preliminary stuff just to get the shot, the view of, you know, the campground. Maybe I'll use it, you know, one day, one week a year sort of thing to get the pictures. Yeah. Then after that, it's just all video. So. Yeah, drones are, I mean, drones are everywhere now. And uh, I'm, uh, I've been wanting to get a drone for the longest time. And it's, it seems like every time I've been holding off every time because it seemed like there was a new drone coming out every six months or something like that. And then now it's kind of, I think we've kind of hit to this point where it's like, well, is it even worth it to get a drone now? Because where where can I fly it? You know, like you're you're outside a city, you're out in you know in in a rural area, um, but uh, yeah, you've 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 got all these regulations with flying drones in and around the city. You've got uh, a lot of no drone zones and a lot of national parks and stuff like Provincial that. Provincial parks too. You need a permit. Yeah, yeah, and so. it's it's becoming it's becoming more of a. I just kind of like from the logistical side, like, well, you know, is it is is it worth having, a, you know, a tool like that? Yeah, I mean, okay. So what I think what's happening, especially with all the rules, especially I think it's June sixth or July sixth, whatever, when the new um, laws come out for drones. Basically, what they're trying to do is separate enthusiasts from the people who are actually serious, or you know, people who are just like dabbling in it to the people who are actually serious about drones. Yeah. So you know, if you're willing to to actually get your full-on commercial drone pilot license, I think it's around three thousand thirty-five hundred dollars by the time you've done the course, you've done the eight hours of flying time with an instructor. So they say eight hours, but really it's it's two days worth. It's sixteen hours because you, it's about a half day of flying per thing, and then it's in class talking about more stuff. But yeah, so it's about thirty-five hundred by the time you go through the courses, you do all that fun stuff, and then um, what they don't tell you, especially you have to. Um, buy one of those radio tower um, walkie-talkies so you can talk to like air traffic control because if you're ever within 10 kilometers or no it's it's however many nautical miles it's over 10 kilometers anyways radius of an airport you need a radio into the tower let them know where you're taking off from and all that pain in the butt stuff so you need to know like the uh, what's that called? Like Alpha Tango, Bravo. The call cord, the yeah. call signs and all that. Yeah, yeah. so you, you more or less need to you know be trained to fly an actual plane or helicopter, right? And these are for the people that are not the enthusiasts? Yeah, these are, so if you're, like for me, if I wanted to make money, I actually charge people for the drone. Like this, everything I'm doing for glamping, like, you know, it's it's under, I guess it's under employer, but it's technically, um, what's the word I want to use for it? But you're not close to any airport out there. No, anyways. no, over there. And if, if we're being honest right now, nobody's going to bust you on it unless you're being an absolute idiot, right? So as time goes on, as time goes on, yes, it'll get more serious. And yeah. I do fully plan to get, like, come um, July 6th, there's two levels of it. There's the um, basically personal license, which is just to be able to fly the drone you actually need to have. Mm -hmm. And then there's the commercial license, which is the $3,500 one. And this all goes into effect June in June? Yeah, it's June 6th, I yeah. believe, is the date. Huh. To double check. But. Yeah, and that, so that's the other thing that's holding me back. It's like, well, you know, is, is it worth having in the bag knowing that you may only be able to use it in very 
limited situations, right? Yeah, they're so much fun to fly, though. Yeah, I, I, I don't. I don't question that at all. Don't question that at all. I've seen the footage. I've seen the pictures. Um, and at this time, you know, at the, looking at it from the other view, uh, it's a nice opportunity. It can be, uh, you know, if you get fully licensed and you get all the permits that's needed and you specialize in that. I've seen a few companies pop up now that are just drone specialists. They handle all the, the permits and getting all the paperwork done and they f- get to fly in situations where, you know, other people are not allowed. So, uh, uh, yeah, I could see that being, you know, uh, a booming industry on its own. Yeah. Hmm. All yeah, right. That pretty much sums up what's all in our camera bags. I have a, literally yeah. nothing else to add. I went through all my gear. Yeah, I think we touched uh, we touched a lot about on um, a lot about uh, touched on a lot of the essential stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, we could go over lights and stuff, but you know what? We're yeah. gonna save that probably for another episode. Yeah, that that I think is a whole other. That's other a whole other bag. That's yeah. a whole other bag of yeah. toys. Yeah, definitely, I agree. Um, but yeah, there you go. There's uh, another episode of the map for you guys. Uh, a little bit technical uh, this time around. We got more into the nitty gritty specifics of the actual gear that we use. And yes, I know everyone here is not photographers or videographers, but um, uh, yeah, this was just one of those episodes where we kind of touched on the strengths. Um, Matt and myself being uh, heavily involved in photography. Uh, but yeah, every episode won't be like this. We try to mix it up and toss it around every now and then. So yeah. Uh, but thanks for listening. If you made it this far and you know, what else is really exciting. That's going to be happening this week. Sass fashion week is going to be the very last sash fast. I can't talk Sass fashion week. It's not this week though. Yeah. But when we launch the podcast, it will be. Oh, uh, no, yeah, no, no, no. Yeah. Yeah. 12th, 12th next week. Yeah. This podcast is launching next week. We know the best part about podcasts. You can cut them out when you talk about stuff when you're wrong. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, <laughs> we'll leave it there. Yeah. All right. So this is signing off <laughs> from another podcast. Yeah. Signing Season off. Season one, episode six episode of the podcast, six. talking about what's in our camera bag. I am Arthur Ward. I am Matt Johnson. And we will see you in the future. Take it easy.